Hey, McCall. Hey, Kirsty. Can you believe that the year's almost over? <laughs> Good are riddance. You, I was going to say, McCall, Bye, you're 2019. so ready. I'd I think say nice to community. see you, but it wasn't a nice to see you kind of year. No, it has. No, it's been. We're over you. Mm-hmm. So over it. Yep. Ugh. So, you know, it's not fun to reflect, but I do think that it's important to. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that's kind of what this. What we're going to do this this time around for I the think podcast. kind of freshen up everybody's minds yes. of like what happened you know it was a blur it was a blur and there you know there are some that stick out more than others but mm-hmm. when we start going back over the year I know yeah um we were going back like month to month all the way back yes. to January and being like oh my goodness yes that's what right happened too so <laughs> yeah it's 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 been a lot um and so we really did go back month to month and mm-hmm. what will be interesting um this you will you'll have an article in the Dayton Daily News yep um, and it is going to be a, a recap of the entire year. Yes. So not only can you listen to us talk about this on our podcast, but um, there's like even more detail in this article. Um, so DaytonDailyNews.com, uh, you could just visit that. And this will be out. Let's see, we're recording this podcast a day or two before Christmas. When will this hit? It'll be out, right? People can search the internet. For the, the story. On, yeah. Um, yeah. That's going to drop actually um, – Christmas Eve. Okay, beautiful. So, so yeah, you can search Christmas Eve and beyond. You could read in full detail yes. <laughs> our year review. Um, so McCall, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> let's just say, so I was named chief meteorologist in November yeah. <laughs> of last year. So January was the first January yes. that I was chief, and we had blockbuster snow. Right. I mean, not just started off the year. Started off the year with two back to back snowstorms, and not. Two to four inches. No. We were six to eight inch snows. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, they were weekend snows. So, yes. you know, in terms of impact to everyone, it was a little bit, you know, it's on the lower end when you don't have to worry about morning commutes mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, one of the snows was beautiful. Do you I remember everyone was, was out first sledding one, yep. the first one? It was like a great, and then another round came through, and I think people were kind of like, well, the second round, I remember specifically because we had the one that came the first weekend, brought a bunch of snow. The second one was more of a trickier forecast where we were predicting that some of us were going to be dealing with sleet, freezing rain, right. you know, through most of the day. And then we were going to have this transition over to snow. And I remember getting a lot of feedback during the day. Where's the snow? Where's right. the snow? And I said, hang on. It's going to get cold once we get past sunset. And, and then it's going to be blizzard-like. Right. And that's exactly what happened. We went to whiteout conditions. The yeah. roads were horrible because I worked that night. And I remember it took me forever to get home. Yeah. And I was taking video of the snow. And it was... Rather intense. And I remember the forecast leading up to it was going back and forth. And at one time, there was an output from one of our models that was predicting a foot of snow in Dayton. And it was just (laughs) mind-blowing. Because we know forecasting snows in general, to get six inches in Dayton is not not normal. It's not normal. We usually are getting our two to four inches. To get six inches is pushing it. It is. So anything above that is somewhat extreme and sometimes breaking records. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure it did... Well, at least one of them. Yeah. One of them was a daily record breaker. It was 6.1 inches. um, And that did. So, yeah. So it's hard when you know climatologically like that. It's not normal for you to get that much in a city. And then to like try to believe the forecast models and say, Mm -hmm. okay, well, this could be a record breaking storm. And then so one of them was. So, yeah, that was fun. Um, (laughs) And then cold became a huge part of the end. Yes. We dropped below zero three nights that month yeah we had uh 
So and January active. was snowy and yeah. cold. Yep, our Arctic oscillation, I remember, is uh, was in its negative phase, getting really sciencey, and that started to bring these big spills of Arctic air down into the region. And so we were just so cold, yeah. and we went into February, and we had a mixed bag of weather that month. Right, and again, not small snows. We had another storm that was four to six inches. Mm-hmm. That's a ton for us. Yep. Um, so we kind of, I feel like almost this past winter was like a sleeper because everyone remembers the, um, you know, the big polar vortex winters of 13, 14 and 14, 15. Yep. And then I think our active spring overshadowed how intense this past winter was. Yeah. We because even had a tornado. Right. In February. Yes. Rare. Rare. We can rare. get them, of course, but that's not like our second severe weather season. That's mm-hmm. usually, you know, in the fall. Right. Um, so the fact we were in the heart of winter and we had a tornado, which was in Clark County. It was an EF zero. But still, you know, th- that clash of cold and warm and, you know, we were able to to produce that. So because of all the snow we ended up having, um, we we ended up being the third wettest on record. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure for the entire country, February of th- this past year ended up being really just wet in general. I want to say it may have been number two. Yeah. That's that's impressive. So it wasn't just us. It was everyone. Um, what else? We had a, a pretty windy end to the month as well. This was the wind storm that we had with 64 mile per hour gusts mm. that was reported in Sydney Municipal Airport. So when you think about that and a severe thunderstorm, to get that warning, it's 58 miles or above. Yeah. So, you know, you're not dealing with a severe storm, but you're rather just dealing with winds, super strong winds. Mm-hmm. So that was February. Then we go to spring. And I think spring is probably what everyone will remember. There's two things that stand out, obviously, for spring. One is how wet it was. And month to month to month, I think all the way until we got to June, we were like the wettest on record. Yes. Yeah. um, Collectively for a 12-month time frame. We did it three times in a row. We did it three times in a row where it was like from April back to the, you know, Right. May prior, this is the wettest 12-month time period for yes. our area, which was crazy. And then, of course, we had severe weather that right. was just relentless. Historical. Probably the best way to, yes. Historical, relentless. And it began in April. Mm-hmm. Um, we had three tornadoes that month. Yes. Weak, but doesn't matter. They were still. Still counts. Still counts. Touchdown, created damage. Um, so, yeah, we had April tornadoes. Uh, then we had. A strong line, I'm pretty sure, in May that wasn't related to the outbreak. That we did have another no, round of severe weather. No, there was a small line. Yeah. I remember this. Yes. A which Boeing, was like a yeah. week or so before our outbreak. Yeah. Um, because I came back from a weather conference and I was landing right. at the Dayton International Airport as the squall line was approaching. Yep. And I remember monitoring it throughout the day. And I just learned some things at the conference about being able to pick up um, – rotating signatures within a squall line yeah. they're very difficult those are the type of right those are hard we see mm-hmm. a lot of where we get a, a line that comes in and then a quick little spin up that lasts a couple of minutes right so i was looking at um the environment as that squall line was coming in and it did produce a tornado yeah. that yeah. day um i remember one of the tornadoes in april was also in the morning because jesse and i had been we were doing do tornado coverage and again for my shift i'm usually the winter weather gal i do not get a ton of severe weather mm-hmm. in the morning show um, so that was that stuck out in my mind. Um, so yeah, so that was May nineteenth, McCall, that mm-hmm. you had were talking about that squall line that came through, um, and then after that was Memorial Day. Yeah, tornado outbreak, fifteen tornadoes, 
in our viewing area, it was right. 19 across the, the state. state. Mm-hmm. Um, historically, uh, only the second time our National Weather Service that they have on record right. ever issued a tornado emergency. Correct. Um, the only other time, I believe, was a Kentucky tornado. I was going to say, yeah. So for the state, for in the state, our area, yes, that was in the our first. area, it was the first time. Um, and we had one EF four. Three EF3s, and then down from there, EF2, 1s, and 0s. Right, right. And it lasted from about 9.30 to 12.30 yes, of last... having tornado warnings and tornadoes on the ground. Yeah, Jamestown were the last tornadoes that were on the ground, and that was like almost 1 a.m. because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was like 12.38 or something yes. was that last touchdown. Um, so, yes, I think that is in everybody's mind. We're going to touch back on that in just a few minutes with our guest, but – Let's continue on. Mm-hmm. So, of course, outbreak by far overshadows anything that happened this year weather-wise. But we then quickly, we were still pretty wet in June. Um, we were still fairly active with severe weather. And I think it was really as we got towards the end of summer that we started to transition to abnormally dry. Mm-hmm. And it was something that is described as as a flash drought mm-hmm. because it went from wet, wet, wet to someone shut the water off and never came back on yeah we wound up going into a moderate drought yeah which across a good portion of the area as we went into early fall and that was very difficult for our farmers mm-hmm. because they had difficulty planting right because it was, so, it was wet, so wet constantly they were trying to find some days in between um that they could plant and then when they did finally get their crop in then we had no more rain right so the plants themselves didn't grow as they normally would mm-hmm. and then they and didn't reach maturity yeah. before it was harvest time. Yeah. And even those that did um, dried out really quickly, right. that they had said. We had a lot of brush fires this year because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just people's fields that would catch on fire from a spark. Yes. Um, you know, so that's sad, too, because then they're dealing with just damage from those fires mm-hmm. and firefighters having to try to battle that kind of thing. So, yeah, our moderate drought lasted pretty much through almost all of fall. Um and then very quickly, when you're hot and you're dry, you just get hotter. So the sun's rays, ha- it doesn't need to waste any energy evaporating the moisture from the soil. Mm-hmm. And when there's no moisture in the soil, it just heats the ground. Yeah. So then we went into a stretch of record-breaking heat. Yes. And we hit 90 degrees several times. We actually had the latest 90-degree days we've ever recorded in Dayton, which took us into the beginning of October. Yep. And they were, and the two days, uh, right in early October, there were back-to-back days, I think, where we hit 94 degrees. They both wrote record daily highs for those days. Yes. And the latest we've had, those 90-degree days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so then we're like, okay, hot, hot, hot. Everyone wants to know, when will we cool down? When will the rain come? And then we did (laughs) in November. (laughs) Uh, Very quickly, actually, it was the earliest that we've ever dropped into the single digits. So not Mm -hmm. just cooler you know we're talking cold yes so early november we then had a few mornings we were in the single digits we were active for halloween this year Mm -hmm. um we had some severe not severe weather but we had what it was really windy yep it got really cold it was the first snow yep not a lot but it was still the first snow um and then november 13th we broke records for the early morning temperature of five degrees which is pretty intense so that was November. Not fun. Um, brought us about 2.3 inches of snow, which broke a daily record on November 12th. That was our November snowstorm. 
And, uh, you know, then we've just continued on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> this month we've had a couple of snows. Yeah. And a week before taping this, our Sunday into Monday, we had several rounds of snow where the first round across the area um, picked up anywhere between two to four inches. Mm-hmm. And then we had an additional one to three inches the following day. So, yeah. yep. So it gave everyone a pretty decent snowpack. But that's gone now. Nope, right, because now, just like the whiplash of this entire year, we're going to end December with warmer-than-normal temperatures by about mm-hmm. 20 degrees um, at least. And Christmas, that you could grill because it'll be like almost 60 here. So so that's the year. So goodbye, 2019. Goodbye, 2019. <laughs> um, so this week, we are doing a crossover episode, which is really cool and unique. We have an award-winning podcaster. From Dayton. So excited. Yeah. Her name is Amelia Robinson. She is one of Marconi for her podcast, which is What Had Happened Was. So if you have not listened to it, um, please go and do so, especially if you're from the Dayton area. But if not, uh, it is just an awesome podcast. Very, very unique, special guests, a real dive and taste into like what makes our city so special. Amelia, you've got something really oh, great. Shucks. You do. Oh. So Amelia Robinson has been with the Dayton Daily News, which you've heard us talk about before. McCall has done every week. She writes an article for the Dayton Daily News uh, for 20 years. She's an Ohio University Bobcat. That's right. Grar. Grar. <laughs> so uh, so I here. love Amelia. Yeah, sorry, McCall. McCall's on the outs because she's not a Bobcat like mm, Amelia. You're a fault. <laughs> but welcome, Amelia. Well, hey, guys. Hey. Amelia. How many downloads do you have on your podcast? Over 2 million? Yeah, it's over 2 million. Yeah. Oh, just casually over This is how rock star she is. Oh, right. just, it's just a couple million, that's all. It's, well, it's early on, so we're just getting yeah. started with it, and it's a great um, labor of love for me, so yeah, I'm glad that the people have embraced it. It's a great podcast. Well, Clearly they have embraced it. So this is going to be special because we're bringing you on to talk a little bit more about the Memorial Day tornado outbreak. And then we are going to be on Amelia's podcast to add some nerds. Yeah. So if you're listening yeah. To us, I you're love nerds. I'm a nerd too. In my podcast, um, don't forget to go on over and listen to what had happened was because we're going to do like kind of a crossover thing. So Amelia, where were you that night? At home in the basement. <laughs> Thank you, McCall. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. We were actually, you know, had a wonderful day, celebrate the holiday and we were kind of unwinding, started getting alerts on our phones. Um, went down into the basement because you were so um, passionate about, hey, get down in the basement. This tornado is coming towards our town. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't be a dum-dum. <laughs> so we basically, I grabbed a saw, some white claw, the cat, the husband, <laughs> the essentials. Nice. Cat food, right? <laughs> yeah, cat food. We had uh, some cans in the basement already. I figured it all out in my brain that I would use the saw to open the cat, the cat food so we got trapped. Nice. It was a whole crazy sort of... <laughs> had a drill just in case you never yeah, know you never know you never know the things you want to carry to the basement but we were in the basement we called our um caught my in-laws my husband's parents and told them to get in the basement and as it turns out they were directly in the line of uh, the danger zone so i uh, was very happy that we had that information from you and i remember um you or anthony was telling me that's your husband that um it was kind of a struggle to get your your in-laws to the basement. Yeah. They didn't want to believe, and the feeling of 
helplessness of like you couldn't get to them to force right. them into the basement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, they were very like um, stubborn. I'm like, look, lady, get in the basement. I've never seen my husband yell at his parents. And I actually had to take the phone and say, mother-in-law, I implore you, get in the basement. I've never asked you for anything, yeah. but I'm telling you right now to get in the basement. And their neighborhood was um, wrecked. It was right off of uh, Dixie. Luckily, their house was not damaged badly. They mm-hmm. lost power for a couple of days, and there were some trees in their backyard. But all around them, there was a lot of destruction. They were very close to, like, where the living room is and that whole neighborhood mm-hmm. in north uh, the Northmont area. They're, they're in Dayton, but that whole – they're in DeWeese Park, but that whole area was pretty bad. Yeah. And we actually drove over there that night because uh, we went to pick a kid, a kid up who is the son of a friend of ours to take him home because he was stranded at the bus station. And we drove um, through Trotwood and over some wires and mm-hmm. ended up, like, Anthony was uh, freaking out because of his parents. We ended up going over there. It was completely black. And you could tell even in the dark that it was a horrible situation. So uh, very scary couple of days for everybody. Were you guys able to get a hold of your in-laws before getting there? Or was it, like, the whole time of suspense, of, like, wondering if they were okay? They're like, we're okay. Chad says something about their, you know, it's like, look, lady. There was a tornado. There was a big thing came through your neighborhood. Yeah. Like, um, we knew they were okay, but um, it was still very scary. Like, their neighbor's roof, not roof, but his awning, hit the back of their house, oh, came wow. off, and they said, we heard a noise. You're like, yeah, it was a monster tornado. It was a monster tornado right outside your door. Uh, yeah. Oh, so you did hear a noise. You heard a noise. Yeah. In fact. Heard a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah. Probably sounded like a train. That's what many it people just, describe. <laughs> it just reminds me of a personal story. And we'll get back to the Memorial Day tornadoes. But my grandmother, who is in her 90s, is down in Myrtle Beach. And I remember one time oh, we were God. telling her that she needs to, like, move away like the tornado not the tornado the hurricane's coming move inland she's like don't worry i have my rain bonnet oh my gosh (laughs) that's not gonna help no no it might though she can just hold it on if it gets too windy she only gets to the salon like once a week so (laughs) priorities right you gotta protect that oh man well i'm glad that you know your in-laws were okay i mean that their house was pretty you know all right yeah you know looking around that's not the case Mm -hmm. for everybody um as a you're a newspaper reporter so then transitioning to like now you're doing your daily job after the outbreak what was that like for you it was insane it was like a war zone like uh you guys walked out there you know how terrible it was but you know one thing about that whole storm was the community's response to it people in Dayton did not wait for the official sort of like FEMA, uh, FEMA, or, or yeah. they got they wrote their sleeves up and they got busy. Like I did so many stories about people who just wanted to help other people and people who are very grateful for that help. So that was like amazing to see. You would drive up and down the street and you would see little kids and old people and everybody between handing out sandwiches and you know dishwashing detergent or whatever else yeah. to people who needed it. Like little camps were set up all around affected areas and people were coming in from every direction to help everybody so it was kind of nice if anything can be nice about a tornado that was right. a nice thing about it mm-hmm. yeah um and just is there anything that sticks out um like a specific story maybe that you did work on or someone that you've had on your podcast because i know you had a couple guests around the time of the outbreak like post outbreak um you know that kind of i guess sticks out for like the city because it is it's such resilience is like the one thing I think of now when I think of our community. Yeah, 
know, I would say a couple people, including McCall. I had a great podcast with McCall, yeah. actually, which really shows her passion that we're not just in it for, I don't know, glory. I don't know what kind right. of glory you can get from doing these jobs, but, <laughs> right. you know. No, not much. <laughs> nope. But, like, the passion of people, yeah. and your passion is impressive, and it saved lives that night. Um, also, there were some people. I did some Robin um, Sausenberg from Trolley Stop, who's had this terrible, terrible year. Her son died just weeks before the tornado her house was completely rocked um you know and and she had this um spirit in her that continues despite the fact that weeks later now she's in the middle of the Oregon district mass shooting because her business is right. right down there her staff mm-hmm. is down there and her patrons are down there and she's part of that community she just wanted to talk about how um people helped her you know not the sorrow of it but how people helped her there was a um, young man too who worked at the I get it wrong. Donatos, mm-hmm. um, which uh, on in Harrison Township, that one area that was completely messed up, right, yeah. right next to the old Byron Cider. He helped other people, like, um, and he didn't come for it. Somebody said this young man needs to be recognized for the efforts that he he did to not only help people out of his business, but he ran across the street to the Wendy's and helped people out of there too. Oh. There are like stories and upon stories upon stories about the good that was expressed and uh, shown in other. The kindness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of times you can get wrapped up in, like, just seeing the images of, like, how crazy and scary and the damage and this, that, and the other. And then you forget that, A, people are connected to all the houses and, and all of the destruction. Um, but also, like, just how resilient everyone was. Yeah. And, and call you off the path of the storm, too. Yeah. I, I, you know, not only did you and I go out, uh, like, the day or two after the mm-hmm. actual tornado, I've walked the 20-mile path of the EF4, which was the largest tornado, from Brookville to Riverside, and seeing that six months later, you know, places are still as is from May 27th, and you know, no one's touched them, and then right next door, it's rebuilding. So it's a mixed bag of things, and this is the first time in my career that I've seen um, such a devastating storm and knowing that the impacts are going to be long lasting and then it's going to have to be a situation that I continually follow up on to see how people are doing and how um, rebuilding is going so it's to be in the center of that storm when it was happening and, and telling the public and realizing that you know so many people took the call and and their lives were saved is so nice but now to see that there are still so many people struggling is kind of a sad yeah afterthought that's hard and it's one of those things too where like it's the holiday season and if you're listening to this like just remember even if you're not in Dayton or from Dayton you know people still do need help and the further we get away from events like this the easier it is to just get back to your like normal day-to-day life and you forget that a lot of people's normal day-to-day life is not normal right now yeah there are a bunch of people who are living in those houses still which really is one of the things that really upsets me personally there was a woman who just recently got a new apartment not because she wasn't looking not because she didn't have a job or didn't whatever but she just couldn't find a place that she could afford so she stayed in the house for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks that had no utilities basically Mm -hmm. and it's just like you know how's that possible in our in our community in our in our nation which is so fortunate yeah. So, but it is it's very possible, and it's happening in our community. Yeah, and the sad part about it is because of where, especially the largest tornado went through, went through um, areas that um, you can don't have a lot of money. You can tell that probably the income is low, the rental 
cost is low. And when you take that away and you take away the housing in that area and then they're forced to go to a community that the income is higher, the rents are higher, that's why they're not right. renting there. That you know, we in Riverside, they were saying that their rent is about four hundred, five hundred dollars a month. And they're forced being forced out, but you know, rent everywhere else is eight hundred to a thousand dollars a month. Like they can't afford that. So that's why they hunker down and, and stay where they are unless they're kind of kicked out, which is really sad. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on in this community. That's another. That's one of the things that we as a news organization is going to have to really like keep on mm-hmm. how to get these people back to some sort of normal. I don't know what that normal is going to look like, though. Exactly. The new normal. But I think that I'm very impressed with, as you said, the resiliency of the community. Mm-hmm. But really seeing my coworkers, including you, Amelia, and including you, Kirsty, showing that you care a lot about the community, that you know, there's always this thought that news people don't care. They're just there for the story and, and the glory, as you said. But that's not what we're doing. And you mm-hmm. can see that everybody in this building is really trying to work to come up with answers to help these people. And I think that that's heartwarming as well. Thanks. So. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Whoa. Thanks. Mama. I mean, you work with the House of Bread, Kirsty. Yeah, I yeah. know that you work really good with, like, the homeless community and that's been your mission, but mm-hmm. I can see how that's pivoting a little bit to try and, you know, expand that, especially when it comes to the tornado outbreak. And then as well as Amelia, you know, covering not only the tornado outbreak and the aftermath, but then to be right in the heart of the Oregon district when that shooting happened and being the first person on the scene. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're not local, you obviously know what I'm talking about when we say right. the Oregon district shooting. And Amelia was the first person I believe from our station and from Cox Media Group to be there when everything happened. So, you know, kudos to you, Amelia. Well, thank you. Like you say, we're part of the community, and that kind of shows when tragedy strike. And unfortunately, we had to get involved more times than we would want to. Mm -hmm. So, so many bad things happened this year, but so many good things happened too. Yeah. I was going to say, 2019, we're ready weather-wise to be done with it. What about you? What what, oh, what, do, you take, what are you saying goodbye? <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying goodbye to? And what are you? What do you want to take forward into twenty twenty? Like what you know? The thing that I think I hope the whole community takes forward is the sense of strength, the sense of we can do it, we can overcome. Because the bottom line is, a lot of bad things happened this year that went even beyond the. Uh, well, nothing was worse than the tornado and the yeah. mass shooting, but right. before that, some bad things happened. Yeah. There were mm-hmm. some scandals. There was a clan rally. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of the things. The water crisis. But the community came back, and the community showed how strong it truly is and that we have each other's back. There's been millions of dollars raised by small people, and I say small like that, right? They're not small people, but, yeah. you know, not right. big money people Yeah, to show how much we care about each other. And I hope that continues. I hope it's not just like, oh, 2019, 2020, we moved on. Because mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier, a lot of people have not moved on because they cannot. Nope. You know, they cannot. It's not possible. But we can push forward and we can help as many people as we can. Yeah. yeah. And our our community, small, quote unquote, people right. think, what does Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio have Ohio. to offer? Ohio? <laughs> Why are you there? <laughs> we have a lot to offer. And I really think that... Um, what had happened was, and Amelia does a great job mm-hmm. of, you know, highlighting these small businesses and what's going on in our community. So if you're wanting to get to Dayton, Ohio, you certainly want to listen to what had happened was. Amelia, why don't you tell our listeners um, a little bit about your podcast and how people can find you yeah. and uh, and 
well, you know, hopefully they're going to come over there and listen to our episode. Yeah, for sure they better. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the podcast is stories about Dayton, uh, which is, of course, the Gym City, birthplace of the funk and aviation. So we basically tell stories about our heart. And um, like you said, we talk to business owners. We also talk to people who are celebrities uh, here and who are celebrities from here. We talk about stories and, um, you know, cases that intrigue people here. So it's all about Dayton stories and Dayton people. Um and it's it's mostly it's not always positive, but a lot of it is, you know, it's not sunny because sometimes life isn't sunny, mm-hmm. but it's True. always <laughs> a, a story that I hope people can really relate to. And how can people find you? Oh, that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's not normal for me to be on this side. <laughs> um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, on Dayton.com. We have a whole list of the, the podcasts listed there. You can find it on WHIO and um, Dayton Daily News as well because there's also versions on those websites. Mm-hmm. But the main the main spot is Dayton.com and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those places like that. And, and you also have Facebook. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, what's I'm your like, Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, I'm on what's Facebook, that? Twitter. Tweet well, what's your name? How does it oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, a, I love it, Amelia, but it's I don't Amelia, you say it. It's Amelia Robinson, <laughs> and it's what had happened was. <laughs> it's the name of the podcast. I have a little, if you're like a diehard podcast fan, mm-hmm. I want you to be a part of my advisory board. It's like a little group that I created that we talk about podcasts. That's awesome. So, yeah. You can find it on Facebook. Thanks, Amelia. Yeah, you are wonderful, Amelia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I'll see you over there in a few minutes. I was just going to say, yeah, so if it's the holiday season and you're driving, well, now you get to listen to another episode. Um, and this is on what had happened was. But this was Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we have a ton of past episodes. So if you are traveling, it's always fun to binge listen to us. Um, send us emails if you ever have a topic weather-wise that you want us to talk about. And you could continue to listen on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and WHIO.com. McCall and I also this year have branched out and done a couple vodcasts. So if you have our WHIO app for Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, um, don't forget to download that app and you'll find our Cloudy with a Chance of Podcast section and some of our video shows that we've done as well. Thanks for joining us. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.